Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here of the Locked On Nationals podcast. Tonight's episode, Connor Jones joins me as we preview the first 15 games of the Nationals' 2020 schedule. So, you know, with the way I wanted to do the season preview, obviously with 60 games, I thought the best way to break it up would be 15, so kind of four quarters. And um, that would that would be the most efficient way to give you guys some honest analysis because, you know, predicting game by game is difficult. And we'll do a Yankees series preview, but I just kind of want to look at the schedule as a whole and think, hey, what, what should we expect from the Nationals in these first 15 games? We're going to do it for each 15. When we hit 12 games in, well, that's probably when we'll do the next 15 and so on and so forth. So there will be a cushion uh, to kind of preview you know, the, the each quarter. We give our best case scenario, our worst case scenario, and then what we think the Nationals could be or should be record-wise coming out of the first 15 games of their 2020 campaign. 3-2 to Suzuki. Kurt Suzuki, see you later! The Nats have won it! Seven runs in the bottom of the ninth! This is deep to center field. Bellinger's back. It's a grand slam. Howie Kendrick with a 10th inning grand slam to break it open. The former Dodger breaking hearts in Los Angeles. The kick in. Here it comes. Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books. The celebration is on. The Washington Nationals are the world champions. You are listening to the Locked On Nationals podcast, your one-stop shop for news, analysis, and conversation surrounding your reigning, undisputed World Series champion, Washington Nationals. Now, here's your host, Josh Neighbors. Hello, everybody. Locked On Nationals podcast. Josh Neighbors here joining me tonight. Connor Jones, as we will take a look at the first 15 games of the national schedule. Uh, we want to do a schedule preview, but when you get in the business of baseball predictions, it's just pretty frivolous to try to predict games that are like, you know, 10 days away. Uh, I mean, anything outside of like three days away is ridiculous because you don't know who's going to be, you know, you never know if you have an injury, whatever, because they are playing the contests, um, obviously. So I think the best way to do it, Connor, is we're going to do some four parts and we're not going to do them in the immediate altogether. This is part one. We'll get to part two probably when we're about, you know, three games away. So we'll just, just say 12 games in. We'll schedule the, you know, we'll do the next 15 games to preview and so on and so forth. Because in my opinion, breaking up a 60 game season into blocks of four, 15, you know, 15 game stretches, probably the best way to do it when you're looking at it from a schedule perspective. Yeah, I, I think that does make sense, especially in a shortened season like this. I mean, I actually asked the question, are we, like, breaking down, like, game four in the Toronto series? Like, who's going to win that single matchup? Which, it's good we're not doing that because I wasn't going to have much for you there. But as far as breaking it into a 15-game season, I think it makes sense, especially in a year where if you kind of break everything into quarters, you know that if you have a quarter that's, that's pretty bad, you could really take yourself out of contention with just kind of a single bad 15-game stretch. In a, in a short season like this, I think it it's pretty easy to take yourself, you know, to, to kind of ruin your year pretty early on if you don't come out of the gates the way you want to. Yep, and the Nationals are – and let's just give it out. You know, here's the, the 15 games we're talking about. 
Next Thursday night, the Nationals will play the Yankees uh, in the opening game of the season. That will be on ESPN 708. They'll have the dreaded – I always hate this. I'm not sure how you feel about it, Connor. I hate the day off. I hate the day off in a sport where you play basically every single day. Whether the, the season is 162 or 60, I hate the one day off between game one and game two. Well, I think if you're the Nats here, I actually love it. Um, I'm saying because you're, the season has just come back, and you're like, I want baseball every day, and it's like, up, oh, you got to wait an extra day. Yeah, well, I mean, the way I see it as a fan, you're still going to see 26 other teams out there on Friday. Right. If you're a Nats fan, you get an extra Max Scherzer start because you get to you get that extra off day that other teams wouldn't have to give him another day of rest, or you can roll with the four man rotation if you want to pretty early on in the year. So I think team wise, that's kind of an advantage having that off day. It probably doesn't mean much in the 162 game season. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure the difference there would be pretty negligible, but in a year like this, trying to maybe, you know, fight for an extra start or two from your top guys, I think that's, you know, that's something that's of value. And I think that kind of, being able to use that could be something that's a slight advantage for the Nats, not, not to make too big deal of it, but you know, it, it's a little bit helpful, I would say. Yeah. Uh, so it's Yankees on the Thursday, Friday's off Saturday and Sunday against the Yankees. Saturday's a night game. Sunday's a day game. I believe they're all nationally televised. Then you get the blue Jays four games in a row from Monday to Thursday. The first two are at home at Nats park. The next two are on the road in Toronto. Then you are in Miami on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You have Monday off. You go to New York on the 4th, August 4th, and August, or excuse me, you're at home against New York, the Mets, on August 4th and 5th. You have a day off. You're still at home on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday against the Orioles for three. So once again, you're going to play the Yankees, the Blue Jays. So Yankees three times, Blue Jays four, Marlins three, Mets two. Orioles three so uh Connor what jumps out to you at first obviously besides the Yankee series because we know it's just you know it's it's a great thing to have to start off the season those two teams getting together but besides the Yankees and Nationals what sticks out to you with this first 15 game stretch what sticks out to me is that there's a big time opportunity to rack up a good amount of wins here with a pretty soft schedule coming out of the gate after that opening Yankees series. I think in a lot of ways, it's kind of important for the Nats to, to face some teams like that because the Nationals right now are a team that have three of their main cogs in the lineup that just aren't there. Juan Soto, Victor Robles, and, and uh, Howie Kendrick have not really participated at all in camp so far, which is not good that they're not getting these live at bats with, with, the, the season opening game nine days away. So I think they're going to be a little bit behind schedule and having an opportunity to play a little bit softer of a schedule out of the gates, more helpful than kind of being thrown into it where maybe you're facing, um, you know, the, the Phillies, the Braves, the Mets more often out of the gate, some of your toughest divisional opponents. And they really get to, to miss that outside of two games against, against the New York Mets. So I think the schedule breaks favorably there. I am personally concerned about, how the offense is going to come out of the gate. I think that there, I was reading today, the off the team is trying to get a waiver. It's really the DC government, not the, the MLB that's right. actually holding them back saying that you have to quarantine for 14 days or whatever. And they're trying to get a waiver. Um, yeah. One of the articles I was reading was saying something like maybe you can take those guys down to, to Fredericksburg and they can actually work out there. 
So who knows? Hopefully they'll be back soon within the next couple of days. But I know it's going to be a little bit of a rush to get those guys at bats. So when you're facing a schedule like this, that's a little bit of a benefit when you're worried about some rust. Yeah, and you know you hear the you hear the stories about last night the Nationals intra squad scrimmage. Max Scherzer in four innings strikes out nine and surrenders two hits. And I mean, all credit to the guy. We know like this is not about him, right? Obviously, I'm not making making this point about. It's great to see Scherzer is is in you know good form, but this is more concerning about the hitting. And maybe it's a good thing that he struck out nine. It's kind of the wake up call that you know we all kind of saw coming with the look, the hitters are going to be way behind the pitching. And now, you know, you think that Kendrick and Soto, those two guys, you're pretty confident that you can get them back and they a bit, they may be a bit more quicker than others could get reacclimated, but still not having them around and not being participants is a, is a, is a huge, huge loss. So there's some, there's some good and there's some bad when you think about kind of all of those circumstances mixed together. Yeah, Soto and Kendrick are guys with simpler swings, so you think that maybe they'd be able to get back quicker than maybe when it's somebody like Ryan Zimmerman that has a more complex swing and has more movement in it, and that's kind of tougher, in my opinion, to hone in um, early on in a year when you're trying to get your rhythm down. So in that case, it's it could be it couldn't maybe it won't be too tough, but you know you you definitely worry about that, and you worry about hitters in general, even the guys that have been there, because I mean it's not just the Max Scherzer inter-squad game where that's happening. You're seeing it with Garrett Cole in New right. York. Like The aces are really mowing guys down, and some of that has to do with the talent of the pitcher. Some of that has to do with the, the fact that hitters are, are naturally going to be further behind than the pitchers coming into a season like this. So, uh, you know, the, the one thing we are going to do in terms of predicting, not the, the specifics, but best case, worst case is what I want to do here, and then we'll kind of settle – and make our predictions best case scenario for the Nats in these first 15 games. Once again, three with the Yankees, four with the Jays, three with the Marlins, two with the Mets, three with the Orioles. What do you think best, best case, case? Give me a number. 11, 10 or 11 wins is the best case. I mean, that's, that's something that I think would things would really have to break well for that to happen. I mean, you know, maybe you take two or three in that Yankees series, you win all the series that you're supposed to, um, maybe split with the Mets. I think that I think that's really the best that I could see them doing because that opening Yankee series, I think, is going to be really tough, obviously. I mean, everybody knows that. It's going to be – I mean, it should be a great matchup. But then you have some opportunities. Those four-game series, a lot of times, to me, can be tough to win. So I can see that being a split with Toronto. And then, you know, maybe, maybe Miami, um, Baltimore, you can really kind of maybe even win five of six of those and try and, and – try and, get off to a, a pretty solid start. Yeah, and that, that Blue Jays series is kind of one of those old-school interleague series. You know, it's, it's a Mets-Yankees 2-2. Two and two. You know, the, uh, the O's and the Nats used to do the 2-2 two and two, where you do 2-2 two in, uh, two in uh, Baltimore, 2 in D.C., back-to-back. So they, you know, they'll have those first two at home. And hopefully they have some momentum after that Yankees series um, and they can keep playing well at home before they go on the road. Um, you know, I'm kind of interested to see, you know, if, if – I mean, it's such a veteran team that I don't think travel is going to be too much of an issue. You, don't, you wouldn't think it would be. Um, but just – I don't know. It's just it, – it's hard to project, especially with how weird everything feels. Like, once we start watching baseball again, I'm curious whether it's going to feel like baseball or feel like um, 
you know, we're just playing weirdly in this alternate universe. Because I, mean, I feel like it's going to sound, I mean, it's just going to sound like a, a scrimmage out there a lot. Yeah. Which is going to be so weird. I mean, you watch some clips of what's been going on and it's just the, the, sad, the sound of the bat on the ball sounds so different without the, the crowd there. I mean, you can just, all that open space, it's, it just sounds like somebody taking BP on a backfield. Yeah, the one place it'll be normal, we know, is that, is that trip to Marlins Park. Nothing's yeah, like that sound. It always kind of has that sound there. Yeah, and the bat, when the bat hits the ball, it's that echo that just seems to never end because there's nobody, nobody there in the seats. Yeah, I think – I would say um, – I think 11 is the right place to go is, is the best-case scenario. I think it's more likely it's 10. I would say going with worst-case scenario, I mean, seven. Like at war, like I, I mean, I, I've got a lot of confidence in the Nationals and, and their team's abilities. Worst-case scenario, seven, right? Yeah, I mean, if they – I'd say seven's probably a, a worst case scenario. Maybe you drop one of those series that you shouldn't. Maybe like for example, lose two out of three at home against Baltimore. I think if they do win seven in this quarter, it may be it may be tough to win the NL East. There'd still be forty five games to go, but you may be a little bit behind the eight ball, a few games out, and your schedule is going to toughen up. So this is kind of part of it where you want to come out on top and it, at the very least have a winning record when you when you leave this opening quarter. And for the prediction, I mean, I'm more inclined to say 10 and 5. I, just that stretch with the Blue Jays that bleeds into the Marlins, and then you have a day off before two at the Mets and a day off before you have the Orioles three times. Like that Orioles series, if I'm, excuse me, if I'm Davey Martinez, I'm circling that one and I'm saying, look, whatever happens, you know, that's a chance for them to, to put, I mean, a really positive uh, stretch together before they go on the road for the, national, uh, for the Nationals. I mean, I know this is kind of looking forward, but, they have another three with the Orioles the next weekend, too. So I think before things toughen up, that three with the Orioles at the end is one where I'd say that's the one they most likely, if they were going to sweep somebody, that's where they get it done. But I, I'm going to sit on 10. I, I think they're going to win the first 10 games. I think they, they are a team that understands how to go from the word go, and they understand the pressures they're going to be under. I think it's going to be 10 and 5. Yeah, I will. I will go nine and six. I'm. A, I'm a little bit more concerned, maybe a little more than you are, about the the way the offense, the offense is going to come yeah. out of the gate. I'm. I. That's just kind of you already missing Rendon and having a lot of guys out, guys in new spots in the order. Um, it's. It's a little bit unique. I think that that offense has a chance to be pretty good. I'm a little bit worried about how they're going to start. I think they're going to they're going to heat up for sure. So. I'll go. I'll be a little more conservative and go nine and six. I think. I think if there's any team that's in position to supplement their offense, if it, if it ends up not being very good to start off, the Nationals are right. I mean, with, just with the pitching, it feels yeah. like they're in a spot where they could supplement that if if it falls. Hopefully, with even some more bullpen depth. I mean, they obviously have the starting pitching pretty much every right. year, but maybe with some more bullpen depth, you don't have to worry about blowing games in the the last three innings as much. So you may not need as run as many runs. I think that's that's collectively true. So, you know, hopefully if the, the pitchers pitch up to their capability, it'll take a lot of pressure on the offense. that's trying to find their rhythm early on, which, and that's going to be every offense across baseball for the most right. part. Uh, all right. That will do it for us. Make sure you guys go check out the locked on fantasy baseball podcast as law, as well as the locked on MLB podcast. All of these things, part of the locked on podcast network. <laughs>